Hello and welcome to another nail-biting episode of the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast, where we chew the fat of South Africa's biggest political stories. And without a doubt, this week, identity politics have been a thrust into the spotlight. That's right. Today, we will look into the political response to the cliques hair saga and also dive into the DA's controversial stance on equality and race politics. This econ is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Thanks for tuning in to another episode. For those who do not know me, I am your host, Mawanda Mashabalala, a political journalist at the Sunday Times. And as always, I am not alone. Today I am joined by my learned colleagues, our senior political correspondent in Parliament, Susan Makinan, and political journalist and in-house DA expert, a PWD clerk. Thank you for joining me in studio, a lady and a gentleman. All right, Kedas, let's jump straight into it with the scandal that has been dominating headlines all week long. I mean, the political responses to an incredibly distasteful advert run on a well-known healthcare group, Click's website. I'm going to give you a recap of what exactly happened, though I doubt any South African needs reminding. Last week, Friday, Theresa May advert ran on the Click's website that showed four images, two of black women's hair described as being fizzy and dull, dry and damaged, against two images of a white woman's hair described as fine and flat and then as normal, if you can believe that. The company, as you can imagine, has received significant uh, pushback from the public, in particular from the Economic Freedom Fighters, which has led protests all week long at clicks outlets all over the country. Let's get to hear what EFF leader Julius Malema had to say about this controversy at the beginning of this week. We should never allow anyone to practice racism after the formation of the EFF. The EFF is the only machine that can defeat racists in South Africa. And we are here to say to clicks peacefully, racism is violence. And the only way to defeat violence is through violence. And we are here peacefully. We are saying to them they must close the whole week. They will open from Saturday. Because they value money more than humanity. Well, uh, that, that is EFF leader Julius Marima there on uh, Monday. Uh, but uh, Cliques and Unilever, which sell Tresemme hair products, uh, met with... Uh, uh, the EFF leadership uh, as led by Mr. Julius Malima on Thursday and that uh, both companies had separately requested meetings with the EFF on Wednesday after the party had written strongly worded letters to them rem- demanding to meet them or face the consequences. Indeed, Unilever met with the EFF on Thursday and I'll just have to read a statement that emerged from that particular meeting from the EFF after that meeting. The EFF released a statement which reads as follows, and I quote, following the offensive and racist image that was issued by cliques, the economic freedom fighters held a meeting with 
multinational goods company Unilever regarding the racist advert put out by one of its subsidiary products, Tresemir SA. The EFF and Unilever agreed that the advert is offensive and racist. However, we could not find each other on the publishing of the names of people responsible for the racist image. Moreover, the director involved in the campaign has since left the company and the country. Unilever has made a commitment that following its internal investigations, the necessary disciplinary action will be taken against those remaining in the company in line with its policies. Upon the conclusion of the internal process, Unilever will take the EFF and the country into confidence. Following the robust discussion between EFF and Unilever, we have agreed on the following. One, Unilever expresses its remorse to all South Africans, black women in particular, for the racist Tresemme SA image. Number two, Unilever will withdraw all Tresemme SA products from all retail stores for a period of 10 days as a demonstration of its remorse for the offensive and racist image. Three, and lastly, in addition, Unilever will donate a minimum of 10,000 sanitary towels and sanitizers to informal settlements identified by the EFF. And then the statement ends, in line with the above, the EFF and Unilever have put the matter in question to rest. We have agreed to uphold further discussions on transformation within Unilever relating to procurement, empowerment, employment equity, and localization. I close quote. That was the statement of the EFF after their meeting with Unilever. Now, colleagues, says Andy, is this the right move for the country in terms of the events that we saw? Your your opinion on, on the events and how they unfolded from the beginning up to the meeting with Unilever, would you say that this is the correct way of handling things like these, as, like these, the politics of the hair, as we saw this week? Uh, yeah, look, it's a, it's a very difficult issue, Mawanje, because, um, I mean, a lot happened between Friday when the ad came out uh, or when the ad was spotted until today. So the development today, which is the meeting, is a good step. The fact that people could sit around the table and talk to each other and find each other uh, uh, to some extent, that is a good thing. But let's start at the beginning. For me, this issue, actually I haven't spoken about it, I haven't tweeted about it, because it speaks directly to me. I'm a black woman, I wear my hair naturally, I'm a big client of cliques, I mean, uh, my office in parliament is right opposite cliques. So I go there sometimes twice, sometimes three, three times in one day. So, to find that the same company that I support has these views about me and my head, I, I, I don't have words, you know? I, 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 I don't understand what went through the minds of the people that sat down, drafted the ad, the people who approved the ad, the people who published the ad, in a country where no less than 80% of the people have this head that they refer to as damaged, as dull, as all these things. Like, I don't understand it. I, I, I absolutely don't know 
if it's racism, if it's if there's anything beyond racism, because how can you trade in South Africa for so long and have an advert that it, it's insulting? It's all that I don't have the words. And and we know the EFF has been protesting, has been shutting down their stores. And I was worried when Julia said fighters attack. I thought, oh God, here comes trouble. But then again, if a company like Lix, which trades in a country, actually, even if it was trading in a country where 10% of the people had hair like mine, why would you think it's correct to refer to people's hair as dull and damaged and all those things? So I, I really don't know if I'm answering you, Mawande. For me, I'm dumbfounded. I really don't have words about the thinking of some of the of our of our compatriots. Now, Apiwe, uh, much as in the main, everyone has brandished this particular uh, advert by by tweets for what it is, racist and just utterly distasteful. As I said in my intro, there is one former public protector, Tulsile Nomko Simadonzen, who saw it as I quote her, unconscious bias, which had the EFF coming for her all week and, you know, throwing all sorts of insults at her for her views on this particular matter. What do you have to say, Apio, about, in particular, the view of uh, the former public protector, Nomkos Matonsa? Um, I was hoping I don't have to engage her view on the matter um, because I disagree with it. In a company, um, you would know um, the, before something goes into the website, we, we have similar uh, uh, processes uh, for uh, the content that we put up on our own website. That is Times Life. There are different stages before something gets signed off. It's not just... Uh, uh, so, so, so when people are, are angered then by uh, the publication of the advert, they are angered because they can see that this is the type of thinking that is there throughout. It's not some unfortunate mistake uh, uh, that had happened, like me, me mistakenly saying the F word while we are uh, uh, discussing such issues here on this podcast. Um, I, I really don't understand how she would uh, hold such views. That said, um, the way the EFF and its leaders uh, reacted uh, uh, to have views, uh, I think it was extreme. I think it's uncalled for. Um, it, it was very much abusive in as much as um, you are fighting uh, against racism. Um, there are people who would have different views uh, on what they think happened. Was it really racism? Was it really just uh, some unconscious bias, which uh, I don't agree with? But she has a right to hold that view, and she doesn't have to be abused and insulted uh, in the manner uh, that the EFF did. And just and just to pick up on on Apio's point about the tussle between Omar uh, Donsera and, and and the EFF. The EFF, as we say, we heard in the clip we played earlier of, of their leader, Julius Malima, saying uh, viol- racism is violence and the only way to respond to it is violence. And just what you had referred to in the earlier on about the language that was used, fighters attack, 
is this a manner, a, a good way of, 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 of solving out impasses or differences that we have as a people of the countries and in using a language that is combative and military-like in a way, or is dialogue the way to go about these things? There's a lot of views around these issues as to whether AFF's language and approach was appropriate or not. What do you have to say? Uh, I don't have an answer, Mawande. I really can't say violence is the way to go. Uh, we are a country that has a history of violence, and I don't think that solved any of our problems. And having said that, um, well, it would seem after today's meeting that the EFF's methods have gotten us uh, somewhere. And I think it started yesterday when some uh, companies, uh, some um, traders like your Woolworths, like your checkers, started announcing that they were removing Presume products from their uh, shelves. So it told you that whatever the EFF has been doing has had an impact, right? So I know I'm contradicting myself, but I think as much as violence, I don't think personally, I don't think violence is a solution to anything, but it sort of worked to some extent. And I sort of get what the the former public prosecutor was saying, as I mean, she, she has a right to hold her view. And I don't think there is one solution. There is a single solution to South Africa's problems. And I think this is a broad problem because I, I, I think it's, it's not just about her. Uh, it's about, it's, it's, it's you, and because, and you know, her in South Africa is a political issue. Uh, hair has been politicized for a very long time. So uh, I, I don't think there is a singular, um, I, I don't know what to call method to deal with, pro, with, with, with issues like this one. So I do think uh, <laughs> uh, fighters attack did uh, get us somewhere, but at the same time, we do need to engage each other. We do need to keep on it. We do need to meet each other somewhere, and I think only talks can get us there. Well, the, the EFF's response echoed the sentiments of many South Africans who feel now is the time that the concept of beauty no longer be defined by Western standards. But some, like myself, an influential commentator, such as poet and activist Nsi Gimazwai, also called for black South African women to embrace their own appearance, saying that it makes no sense to protest, for instance, like we saw this week, while the very same person protesting is wearing the same weave. Um, I think that as black people, we're always going to be triggered by this until we face it. Um, it's that time, guys. It is that time, ladies, where you have to take off the weave and start loving yourselves because... This is always going to offend you and you have taught white people that you hate your hair. So as black people, we also need to take responsibility for the messaging that we've put out about ourselves because it's more, it's more than just talk, you know, um, actions speak louder than words. And if white marketing teams are seeing that all the black ladies are in, um, fake hair, 
then they're going to feel like it's okay for them to disrespect our hair because we've disrespected our own hair. So after we have broken <laughs> the shops and everything, the bigger issue for me is when do we start the programs that start correcting our minds and start correcting white supremacy and black inferiority complex because this is an inside job. The same people who were marching still have got weaves on. It didn't make sense at all. Well, <laughs> that is uh, outlining what she thinks needs to be done next. This is Andy. Do you agree with that somehow black women have contributed in this kind of stereotype that exists within the white power structure in this country that black women prefer straightened hair and weaves instead of their own hair? But I mean, personally, look, people have a choice. So just because people choose to have wigs, they they do it for different reasons. I don't think people wear wigs and weaves because they hate their natural hair. Um, and even if they did, that doesn't give anybody a right to insult uh, our natural hair, our hair. I mean, I don't wear weaves or wigs. Um, so what about me? Does that give clicks or anybody to insult my hair? I don't think so. I just think, I, I, I don't even want to engage in Ziggy generally, but uh, women have a right to do whatever they want to do with their bodies and with their hair. And that doesn't give anybody any right to make any assumptions about those choices. Well, Lapiwe, what's your take on this issue? And you must be careful, my brother, not to be accused of policing black women as you state your views on the issue. Um, I agree with this, Andy Siwe. In fact, um, the issue of policing of black hair doesn't just end with uh, black women. It extends to men as well. Um, in, that, um, in professional setups, uh, it's a new thing now where you see people like advocating right Toby wearing their hair uncombed. Uh, previously, you either shave your hair or keep it combed. Um, it's always been a, a political issue. So I don't know. Um, for the first time this year, I, I've never combed my hair the whole year, and it's liberating. So I'm trying to think if someone then says such things about me personally, I would really be pissed off. Um, and I would never want someone to prescribe me for me what I must look like. So it's the choice of black women to wear their hair as they see fit. Uh, I think... Why is misled on the issue. Um, there are politics on the reasoning and the reasons why um, it was an oppressive, uh, there was some sort of oppression around uh, uh, why black women were sort of um, made to feel that they need to straighten their hair. And so you can get into those politics, but now we are in a free country, we don't have to, no one is forced uh, 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 to, to to wear their hair this way or the other, and it's their choice. So who is Nzikima's wife to tell uh, women that they must not wear weaves if they um, they, they they love the weaves that they wear? Um, I don't know. It's, it's like Nzikima says, for herself, it's a choice that she doesn't wear extensions, um, and that's her choice. And she must not be policed by either men women or some uh, uh, of, of these uh, companies who make the products. 
Well, uh, Suzanne, to, to wrap up this segment of, of, of our podcast today, uh, you know, one area that I think hasn't been visited in all the debate that has been raging on in the country, the, the role of the corporate and white power structure in this country in having developed such a stereotype. The reason I'm saying that, for instance, in private schools, there's a culture of saying that kids must not come with head looking like this. They must do it like that. In the workspace where we work, some of us work in the corporate, there's a culture of saying that it, you look professional when you look this way. You look, uh, you can't come looking like a source or a cat or a girl just walking the streets in the township when you have a particular look in terms of the identity politics, as it were, that relate to hair. What, what do you have to say, Sis Andy, about that role which has been developed over time and in fact on top of it all the hair politics have got an economic aspect of it all the people who are pushing the narrative that you should have straightened hair you should buy weave you should it's the people who are within the industries that make a killing out of selling weaves wigs and all these products of straightened hair and i don't think that that issue has been uh, deliberated upon enough in that regard system no, I'm a wonder. This is a difficult question. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I would say transform the industries because <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a very hard question because obviously if I'm selling weaves and weaves, I would encourage people to, to wear them. And I would tell people, you look smarter with my weave, with my weave. You know what I mean? So, um, but at the same time, I, I, I'm scared of a South Africa where there is uh, too much regulation where we get the state to regulate such things because I, I'd rather have people choosing and not being dictated to, not by the government, not by the uh, corporate sector, not by anybody. So I, 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 I think somehow we need to find that balance where I can choose to wear my hair however I like to, uh, without me feeling um, an, that I have an obligation to prove that I'm black and I love myself and I love my, my natural hair, um, uh, which is what um, uh, uh, Apio was saying earlier. So I, I really don't have an answer, Mawande, uh, because I also feel we shouldn't be in a space where we are dictated to how we should look, how what we should be doing uh, with our bodies. Uh, as much as, but at the same time, as much as we must have the right to choose, uh, we should also be conscious of the messages that we are sending. You know, in in making our choices. Uh, I mean, as a as a as a as a, 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 a an older woman, I wouldn't want uh, to create an impression to younger girls that looking a certain way is the only way. So um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, oh. Well, uh, well, what is clear is that this topic is definitely an important one. And I mean, it is no wonder that it has been the big elephant in the room all week long. But unfortunately, we'll have to rest it at this very point for today. Now, let's, uh, let's take a quick uh, ad break. And when we come back, we are going to be discussing the DA's New stands on equality. Uyaz Umzanzi Celeb is filled with flavor, but you know that he overtakes the fame in the morning. 
Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pod. Welcome back to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast. Now, the DA hailed its new resolution adopted at its policy conference over the weekend as a shift away from apartheid policies. The party says, I quote, it's committed to an equitable future and opposes quotas based on race and gender, I close quote. But it adds, I quote again, each individual is unique and not racial or gender envoy. The DA believes that its new path emerging from the policy conference at the weekend encourages equal opportunities for all. But this move has been criticized by many as being a jump away from the direction which was more from the right to the center to the left that the party was gravitating towards under its previous leader, Musi Maimani. But let's get to hear what the head of policy within the DA, Gwen Wen, had to say in this interview with ENCA. We want to create a society where there are opportunities for all to pursue a self-determined life, so a life that gives each everyone in society um, meaning. And that when those opportunities exist, people don't necessarily scatter themselves according to the demographic um, you know, and population or according to a predetermined quota. So that, that is really that statement that we um, absolutely bind ourselves and commit to the idea of diversity and that diversity means a variety of things, that diversity of experiences, of thought, of talent, of knowledge and organization is so incredibly important. And actually it's that diversity that acts a bulwark against any kind of uniformity of thought and rigidness in an organization. That what you cannot do is reduce diversity to being a matter of um, of, of demographic representativity and saying that there has to be a specific quota of individuals of, of each race in a particular organization. So that is what we reject in that statement of quotas, which has, has long been our, our position. But as I say, as, as you are pol- developing policy, it's so important to periodically do a kind of sanity check with your organization and say, look, are we all still on the same page? This is indeed what we all believe in and commit ourselves to. So it's not new, but it was very important that we recommit ourselves to that idea. That was DA's head of policy, Gwen Wenya, on the adoption of new policies by the party's policy conference at the weekend. She uses a lot of big words, but in layman's term, is what she's saying making sense, or are we watching a DA that is joining you know, organizations such as the Freedom Front Price on the far right? I mean, we saw in last year's general elections where most of previously uh, DA voters actually jumped ship and grew the Freedom Front Plus support base quite significantly. Abiwe, what's going on here, sir? Um, I think um, it, will be, it will be not correct to say based on the policies, but on the behavior, yes, we can talk about the fear um, of them losing their votes to uh, Freedom Front Plus. It's, it is something that is generally talked about in the party based on who you talk about. But let's, I, I, I would like to talk about the points that uh, they are making um, insofar as their stance on non-racialism uh, and so on. 
um, uh, there is a point there that they say the assumption that one's race represents people who think, feel, or have the same experience of uh, shared events based on their physical appearance is false. Um, well, my point is um, on this particular point um, when they were adopting their uh, values uh, um, a, a document is that they were at, they were answering or solving a problem that I don't think is there unless it's there in the DA, of which case when then you are formulating a policy, are you formulating this policy um, to correct people who wrongly think that way about black people or about race generally in the DA, or are you formulating it um, to present a product to South Africans? Because I certainly can tell you that no one assumes that, uh, no one in their right minds would assume such about anybody because um, we all uh, know and understand that everyone is an individual and, and so forth. And they go on to say this, they, uh, the use of race and so on in the formulation um, of legislation. Um, a lot of people disagree with this stance um, obviously not the majority that was uh, represented uh, at their conference in the weekend, seeing that it was adopted. Um, but uh, when you speak to some of them in the DA, they say, but it's, it's all well and good to say non-racialism, uh, but in the, in, the, in the sense that you are fashioning it, you must look at the South African context and not act like we are just starting from all um, the same base. Um, in South Africa, um, there was uh, apartheid, there was um, uh, uh, um, colonialism, and the people who were made to suffer were targeted on the basis of their color. So when you redress, you have to take that into context. Not that you think the same way as the people who were doing the oppression, but you want to make sure that um, when you are when it's targeted, um, it assists. Uh, as much uh, black people as possible, that they disagree with how uh, the ANC has done um, PEE and how it has enriched a lot of um, ANC uh, uh, um, cronies should not necessarily be um, that their response should then be that this has failed and therefore we no longer see race. It's quite a strange uh, way to to go about doing things, and in a country that is majority uh, black, uh, and when you look at how a number of those black leaders are leading the are leaving the party, um, uh, let's wait and see how they and their new stance on race and and the policies that they adopt, how are they going to be um, accepted? Or, or, or rather received uh, by the by the voters, um, especially uh, next year being the local government elections. Now, the DA policy confusion and the apparent change of direction under the current leadership of Johnston Hazen and Helen Zille has seen an exodus of uh, black leaders within the DA. Five have already left the party, and as Sunday Times reported last week, uh, there's further charges that have been laid against some high-ranking black leaders within the DA, but the DA continues to deny that there is a consistent patch of black leaders 
who are seen as progressive within the party. What is your view on, on, on the issue of the leaders who are living in mass from the DA ranks? Look, I mean, <laughs> you know, the difficulty for me with the people that may or may not, that have, we assume are being paid because they are black, is that they don't speak out. I mean, for me, why can't people speak out while they're inside and say, look, I differ with this policy uh, that the day has adopted, and then, therefore, I leave, you know, or before they are purged. It's really hard because these so-called progressive leaders, do we know what they stand for? I always feel like we also get caught up in these uh, politics that are not clear, because I don't know if any of them has said publicly that I don't agree with the policy um, stance of the DA. And because that makes it easy for us to, to, to sort of make the analysis that they are being purged because, of, um, they, are, because they are progressive or that because they, they see things differently. Honestly, it's, 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 just, it's just an assumption that we're making, right? But I just feel like we we may also be falling into a trap where mm. we say people are being targeted for policy differences because they've got different views, but we don't know their views on these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. I, I agree with you. We must, we, we, we must tread carefully um, up on the, the part about policy differences versus actual politics that have to do with uh, individuals and, 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 and who supports what and who, who has to ascend and become a leader of what? Because I, 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 my suspicion is that maybe people are being, um, maybe there is some sort of intimidation because they don't support a particular leader. I really mm. don't think it's about policies. And even if it was about policies, those people have never spoken out and say they disagree with the GA on policy A, B, C, and D. We are the ones who make that assumption on their behalf. And mm. I'd rather, yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Well, interesting views there, uh, interesting take there by Mrs. Ansiwe Maginana in our in-house DA expert who refuses to be called a DA expert, a pure declare, but... He will remain our DA expert who's got the internal insight on the affairs of the DA. But unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. But if you enjoyed the show and you really enjoy the views that we ventilate on this show, please subscribe for free weekly podcast episodes on Iona FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, colleagues Abiwe, Declerc, and Andesiwa Makinana for joining me today. And I am Mawande Amashavalala. Siai Kopa Wash.